0: Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney.
1: All right. Good day. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So today, I'm recording this on a wonderful, powerful Monday. I joke around about it all the time. If you don't enjoy Mondays, uh, we're going to have to figure out how to coach you on that. Uh, But today, this podcast, this episode... We might be diving a little bit more heavily into the business side of our trifecta of fueling your health, business, and lifestyle. That's right, people. I've got an action coach on the line here. Uh, This gentleman is the CEO of Adding Zeros. One word, Adding Zeros. And uh, we'll be doing some screen sharing for the video uh, feed like we always do. Uh, But this gentleman is an executive development firm uh, and one of the top coaches in that action coach business coaching genre. He's bringing to you. Over 25 years of leadership, business, and personal development, you know how passionate I am about those two uh, experiences to executives, their organizations, and everybody else in between. Uh, But Without further ado, he actually has his own site under his name, montywyatt.com, but as I hinted, his business is adding zeros. So let's see if he can help you guys add some zeros today. Welcome to the show, Monty Wyatt.
0: Thanks, Scott. Great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Yeah. So- Clearly you like zeros. Cause I like adding business that way. Right. (laughs) Right.
0: Right. Would you rather have a thousand or a hundred thousand? Right.
1: Well now we're talking, that's a great debate. Uh, So uh, let's go ahead and dive right into that because I used to be afraid of the zeros. What were you afraid of? uh, You know what? This is a great question. So I think I, 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 This has come up a lot. We have over 270 shows online. So it's come up a few times throughout the history of the show. I've had other uh, money experts and and business coaches, financial coaches, and I've gotten more transparent so I could talk to people like you and just throw it right out there. I think it ties back to the way I was brought up, you know, hardworking family, farm kid, dad's an entrepreneur, saw the struggles and felt that I wanted to get far away from all that. And then, and then chase corporate dreams. So right there, I was looking to add zeros right to my life. And then I just had an epiphany in my 30s and realized that chasing the corporate life sucked because every time I climbed the ladder, there was somebody. Uh, what was my one of my mentors' uh, quotes? You'll love this. Uh, There's always somebody else's fat ass above your head. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, wow, way to cut right to the point. Uh, right. Yeah, and then part of my backstory for the show is uh, whether you are up or not, is you're newer with us. Is that I took a break, you know, after I went back to school, did marketing, did psychology on nights and weekends as an adult student, then went West and uh, took a couple of years to serve in public service as a, one of the elite hotshot wildland firefighters out West. And then came back and decided, no, that was not what I was meant to do the rest of my life. I wanted to build more of a legacy. Then I decided to finally embrace entrepreneurship. And, and here we are today running a podcast show for over two and a half years as well. So uh, why, Monty, am I afraid of zeroes? come across this at all in in your in your in your life obviously I mean you're talking to executives so those those guys got to be guys and ladies have to be embracing the zeros
0: you know it's interesting the the adding zeros concept to to us isn't just about revenue and profit it's about adding zeros in every measurable area in a business Mm -hmm. from employee retention client retention uh, client acquisition uh, how we give back to our communities, how we're engaging inside the organization. So it's, it's when we do those things well, then we get to add zeros in our revenue and our profit. And that's, that's the fear. People see just they, they want re- the revenue, the profit to add zeros, but they aren't willing to do the work up mm-hmm. front. Uh, whether it's acquisition of clients or new employees, or keeping them and doing the right things to keep those employees—that's that's the tough work right there.
1: I've I'm loving where you're going with this because I love and I know something from doing some of the bio background into you. I'm Look, I'm going to jump right into this little question for you because everything you just said makes me think of how you understand how to talk about the difference between management and leadership. And I've had to learn that over the years, right? So help us understand kind of where you just got to talking about and where I'm going with this because this totally ties together.
0: Absolutely. You know, I and, and I want to start with this. I really believe today more than ever we need both leadership and management. And I think both are lacking. Just because you are a manager does not mean you are a leader. And just because you are a leader doesn't mean you have to be a manager. And and here's, here's how I define the two. I, I look at leadership as you – Uh, you are passionate and you're focused and you have influence over others or with others. Mm -hmm. Management is, well, before I even define management, we lead people and we manage processes. Ah. You lead people, you manage processes. So I define management as management's responsibility is to create competent and productive people because we can't manage people. No one wants to be managed, but that's, that's what we've been told. You have to manage your team. Well, you, you can't manage people. You lead people and manage processes.
1: Yes, I, I completely agree with you. I brought up actually a couple of times on the show a big company. You might have heard of them T Mobile, all right? A big cellular carrier. Uh, I, I got to work for them. Well, actually, my company that I was working for got acquired two times over and then became. You know, T-Mobile USA when uh, when Deutsche Telekom from Germany decided to stretch their brand into the continental US. And I worked my way into, and I'm air quoting for the listeners, uh, management. You know, I was the frontline guy answering phone calls. You know, I had to learn from the beginning. I started from nothing. And, you know, then I got into, work, you know, supporting the training department, then helping like develop my fellow teammates and then, you know, exuded that leadership quality, not just management. And then they, they made us managers. But then in less than a year, the company had a massive epiphany. That's why I figured you'd appreciate the story. And they got rid of our management titles. <laughs> they said, yep. this, Things aren't working. And they brought in a consulting company. And they shipped every single frontline manager down to uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And we spent a week down there in full immersion, full redevelopment, full retraining. And helping create coaches. a a different leadership quality they wanted us to coach and develop people and help career path them not just manage their day-to-day processes so I'm intrigued what you think about that because this is back in 2003 to 2005 in that range so I mean now we're we're talking you and I are talking here today in 2019 so are you seeing this more common now
0: You know, not every business has caught up to that even, that that concept, even though it was from a long time ago.
1: Really? So they were pretty forward thinking then. They
0: were forward thinking at the time. You know, there are still a lot of organizations that have a lot of managers that have not been taught to lead their people or develop their people. Mm -hmm. You know, you you can be taught to be a, you know, the, the word coach is thrown out there quite a bit, but it's about how are you developing your team? And I think that's the real concept. Leaders develop their team. Mm -hmm. And in order to develop others, you first have to develop yourself. If you're not willing to follow yourself, if you're not doing the things that uh, are influencing others, why would anyone follow you? And so you've got to develop your own skills. And to me, leadership skills starts with communication, starts with caring about others, starts with a little discipline in your life starts with uh, how you interact with other people. That's leadership. Now there's good and bad leadership. Of course, you know, bad leadership, you can still influence other people, but you influence them to the wrong place. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hitler led people. He, but he was a bad leader. He led them to the wrong place.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I love what you just dropped there because that's a really powerful name to bring up from history. Right. But the guy clearly was leading something. I mean, they were, you know, they were on a worldwide conquest and they had thousands of people willing to die for the cause.
0: And, and so in business, a leader has to show passion about the future of the organization, has to be able to cast the vision, be able to talk about where we're going and why and why it's so important that we, we're doing what we're doing every day. That's what a leader does and it isn't about your title. Uh, leadership is about your behavior uh and and that's that's a challenge people say well when i get to be a leader no you have to start being a leader on day 1
1: that i agree with i learned that from a young ages from sports i actually i it's funny because in the sales and marketing spaces where i like to niche myself professionally and i'm always bringing that up to people i'm like you know some of the best sales professionals that i've come across usually had some type of athletic background mm-hmm. and this isn't just from a competitive standpoint i truly believe it's that mental fortitude that comes from winning and losing. But there's, there, there's also obviously a coach in, you know, in their past, right, from an athletic standpoint. Yep. Uh, but there's that leading by example. I always thought, I, there's a great quote, not a quote, it was actually either a mission or a value statement from that company, from T-Mobile. They said at the time it was like, we are personally and collectively accountable for our results. Mm-hmm. So as individuals, we all have to step up and, and lead, lead by example or else the team falls apart based on the weakest component, you know? So I have thought that'd be interesting to share with you as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely, absolutely right because every person should be a leader and a leader shares their viewpoint and is willing to listen to others' viewpoints and doesn't take it personally. They're listening to find the best way. A leader thinks, how can we make this happen? Not, we can't do that. It's never been done before. That's not a leader. A leader is casting a vision and then talks about how can we, move forward? How can we overcome barriers?
1: Yeah, I like where you're going right now, because this is, I'm going to say something that could be considered touchy to some of my audience. So, but I like to be edgy. That's why I got fire in my logo. You know, we, we, we obviously part of the show's purpose is to give back, you know, and, and help guide and drive success with the next generation. Cause I'm a Gen Xer. So I want to give back to the millennials and then the next generation on that. And there's a lot of professionals that I know that I, I've met with that other organizations, other companies and consulting wise that they're not really embracing that generation very well. Um, many, many people use statements like, in, you know, they feel that they're entitled or they care too much about purpose or finding purpose. And they say, well, why can't you just put in a little sweat and hard work and learn what it is like to have that? So it's, it, these are all things being thrown around, right? By other professionals that are in or should be in leadership roles. So I love what we're talking about today because I do believe as a leader in management, you should accept and understand all of your people and where they're coming from, and many don't, do not. But also as the individual, whether you're a Gen Xer like myself or a millennial or whatever, you don't come into a situation entitled, you know, or, or be careful don't to give off that persona, right? I mean, has this come up in any of your discussions? How do you, how do you wade through that muck? <laughs> you
0: know, you, you said it exactly right. A leader understands their team and a a great leader understands other people's motives other people's motivations so they can create and cast that vision so everyone wants to be a part of it Hmm. that's what uh, builds great businesses is you have a variety of who your team is and how they behave how they think but if we aren't open to listening to that and understanding that uh, our our business will hit the ceiling and will start to decline because the world is changing and, and we've got to be open to other people's viewpoints.
1: So do you hear, uh, obviously with some of your influence, right? So do you hear from other executives that I feel like it's common, it's still common. They don't know how to talk to their teams. They don't know how to maybe communicate what you're trying to help get across us today. And I truly do believe that this this discussion that we're having right now, it does transcend all uh, all generations, e- even the generation before me. You know, because. People are struggling with change. They're not embracing the shift and the change. And that's something I was coached on years ago from a great uh, leader above me. And he said, Scott, the sooner you embrace change, is the sooner you'll succeed. The people who fight it, they will always come in last. And I will never forget that.
0: You know, a, a belief that I have is leaders ask more questions than they do tell mm. statements. And... When, when someone says, I don't know how to talk to this generation or this audience, well, how many questions have you tried asking them? Hmm. How many questions have you tried having in a conversation? You know, How did you grow up? What do you enjoy doing? What makes you get out of bed every day? What excites you? Have you ever asked those questions? Most of them have never asked those things. They just want them to go get to work. Well, that's telling. That's not Getting to know people, you get to know others by asking great questions. You get to know others by understanding what drives them. Why did they choose to work here? Why do they want to have this position? What excites them? What What are they great at? Let me know what your what your strengths are.
1: Yeah, I, I wow, I really I have to give props back to T Mobile, man. They were ahead of their game. I they, you're giving me flashbacks. These are all things we talked about because. They said, listen, like, yes, you are a leadership, you are in management. And in the end, there is an employer and employee relationship, management, yada, yada, yada. But they said day in and day out, it's you're not always going to be sitting down and getting into a corrective action discussion. Those should be the minimal side. Most of your discussions should be centered around whether you want to use coaching or development or training or leading uh, your team. The right I mean, I was leading you know, 20, 30 person teams before I moved up to corporate and then I was an analyst. Uh, but- that's something that I really embraced. I can thank fitness and being into the sports to help me understand that. I think I did click pretty well with it. But some people hearing this right now who might be moving into managerial roles and moving into that said leadership position, how do you help them understand that it's okay to get that more interactive and personal? Because I think a lot of people nowadays are also maybe afraid to right? There's so many laws now and employment stuff and, and HR and all all these, you know, I, people are calling them barriers. But I feel like it's only a barrier if you make it become one, right? I mean, does is this, is this stuff come up in your world as well?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I know you've, uh, you've heard this phrase of, of lack of engagement. Yes. You know, we, we need employees to get more engaged. Well, you know what? I don't think employee engagement starts with the employee. I think engagement starts with the leaders of the business, the executives, the managers of the business. If the executives aren't fully engaged, why would their employees be engaged? And Mm -hmm. when I say an executive gets engaged, that means that they are out having conversations. That means they are casting the vision of the future. That means that they are understanding their employee base and what drives them and, and helping them see and overcome their challenges. But Oh, it's our employees. They're not engaged enough. Well, let's look at ourselves first. I, I look at it this way. Managers and leaders in, in business are always on stage. And what I mean by always on stage is they're always being watched.
1: Okay. So
0: you, you have to wake up every day and think about how am I intentionally going to act today? How am I intentionally going to communicate today? Because my 50 employees, my 100 employees, my 5,000 employees are watching what I say and I do, and is that how I want them to behave? Because if they see us doing something, they assume it's okay. It's just like children. I've got three daughters. If I do something and uh, they see that I'm doing it, and I, I tell them to do something different, well, they watch what I do. They, they believe what I do is correct, and that's the way it should be done. So it's the, the same way within uh, businesses, the, the leaders and the managers and the employees.
1: So how do you get people to I mean how do you get people to wrap their heads around that because again this is still rolling right back to uh, again I, it's stuck in my head now Le- everything you just said is leading by example set an amazing example inspire people to follow what you've set right but there's there's got to be people that you're working with that it's like a stone wall like how do you break that down how do you get obviously it's I'm guessing this might take a few sessions uh, maybe maybe a few it, rounds of interaction. It
0: can take quite a while because I, I teach a concept and I and I bang this concept into their heads every single week and every month. It's called the above the point concept, and here's what I mean. Every minute of every day, you have a decision: Are you going to be above the point? Or are you going to be below the point? Below the point, the below the point, uh, and it's the point of power. Below that point of power, you have blame, excuses, and denial. I'm blaming someone else why I'm in this situation or why our business isn't working or why not, we're not profitable. Or I'm making excuses or I'm in denial that I actually can learn something or grow. Hmm. Where above the point of power, we take ownership for our actions, accountability for our results, and responsibility for everything that we do. So even if they say, well, our employees are doing this, I say, great, let's take the above the point of power approach how are we going to take ownership for this are we fully engaged are we fully communicating are we uh how are we influencing our team in a positive manner
1: so i've got a i'm, I'm gonna be full of questions now. I'm, I'm just loving this you so you have obviously uh there, there's five disciplines of exponential growth right i, I looked at that list we're, we're gonna break that then you also have you know who are the five uh constituents that every business must satisfy, right? So we got these categories. But before we get into that, I, I have to I have to lay even this question here. I truly believe, and I wonder what you think, about there's some people just that should not be in leadership, not management, leadership positions. Some people that should not be tried to be coached or trained into a coaching role. Some people just naturally aren't meant for it. I know it's a very clean cut statement sometimes. So some people hearing that, they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't think people naturally have the behavioral patterns to embrace a role like that. Have you come across that?
0: Oh, oh absolutely. I, I want to I, I challenge the thinking that everyone can grow into it if they're willing to learn and grow. Willing. Willing. You're absolutely right. They have to be willing to grow because none of us were born with leadership skills or even management skills. We learned them from our parents or from the jobs that we've had or our managers or whomever it is. And we think that's the way that it is because that's the one, two or three jobs that we've had. Uh, But leadership and management can and should be learned in how you interact with other people. It is how you treat, how you engage with others and the people that want control and have their thumb on it. You know, I talk about, we need more management today. People are afraid that they don't want to be a micromanager because they had a micromanager one day in their past, you know, but we have to manage businesses today. We have to manage processes.
1: Well, that that actually full circles back to the early uh, beginning of the show. You actually made that clarification. You said, listen, there's leaders and there's management, but you're really technically managing the processes. So, If you're leading your people right, those people will actually manage those said processes for you. Absolutely. What do you think about that? Am Uh, I connecting this right?
0: You are connecting it absolutely correct because, you know, let's just say we had uh, 20 customer service reps in our business. Okay. If every one of those 20 managed their calls and had their conversations totally different because they wanted to do it their own way because my way is better than your way. So I'm going to do it my own. What kind of impression are we leaving with our customers? Mm -hmm. What kind of consistency are we creating for our company? And how are we satisfying that, that customer? We're not. And so we do have to have our way of working and, I, I got to share this story. I was talking with a, a client, their management team the other day, and they said, oh, we, we just don't want to be all corporate and have all these processes. And I air quoted corporate, just like you did a little bit ago. I air, and, and, and I'm like, now let's, let's pause here. What are you afraid of being corporate? Because corporate is, he said, well, we don't want to be told what to do. Aha. There's a difference between having your organization, having your way of doing things and having your processes than being, this is the way that we do it. Hmm. But you know what? We've got to make sure that we're satisfying the customer. The customer is one of the five constituents that every business has to satisfy. And if we aren't consistent in our customer service or we aren't consistent in our sales efforts, we're not going to satisfy that customer.
1: That's an interesting point. Um, You know, and I'm I'm actually going to self-coach slash accept your coaching what you just said because I'm taking this internally on myself right now and you know i've become quite passionate for the entrepreneurs out there right because i've had to start figuring that out in the past you know few years and i was always against it as i mentioned earlier when i saw my dad's struggles so i actually grew up in an entrepreneurial environment and then went and was completely afraid of it and i was worried about not having enough zeros <laughs> so but now i'm willing to struggle and i'm willing to you know put in the work because it's growth And I've, you know, I've embraced more of that personal and professional growth over the past 10 years. And that really, I think, helps with that process. But to your point, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to hit the speed bumps or hurdle over these walls that are going to come? And I think a lot of people out there aren't understanding that. They are taking the easier path. And, but I will say the coaching I was going to say here is that for a while now, I've been speaking down about corporate, right? I would say, oh, I'll never return to the corporate life or the big corporate world. Um, and and I, I think I should stand corrected on that as I'm talking to you right now because there's good corporations out there. I mean, to be fair, I own an LLC. It's a type of corporation. Absolutely. I just submitted paperwork to the IRS last week for my first 501c3. You know, that's another type of corporation. So maybe I'm being a little too general. <laughs> you
0: know, and I, I think that's a great point and, and because that, that word corporate, I don't want to be corporate, is, is thrown out there. But mm. well, What they're saying is they don't want to be controlled by someone else. But when you're building a business, I don't care if you're a one-person business, a 5,000-person business, a uh, 500-person business, what are your ways of working? How will we do things? so we can be profitable so we can wow our customers we can wow our employees we can train our employees to do the things that they can do and that that's a powerful thing is we've got to find our way of working and again when you start a business you got to find efficiencies you've got to find leverage and that's a big piece of a strategy of a business that's one of the five disciplines is having a clear strategy of how you're going to win hmm. and Most businesses don't clearly define how their business will win. They only define how am I gonna make money. And that's not winning.
1: Well, no, because how how do you expect a team to to rally around it?
0: Absolutely, you know what? I I wanna define a successful business because I think this is powerful. A successful successful business is sustainable, meaning that it's here long-term. A successful business is predictable. That means we can predict the future income, the future revenue, the future new customers of our business. The next one is a great business is stable, meaning that the team is consistent. We we aren't having turnover. And, and I actually just gave the fourth word is consistency. Our, our business is consistent, not only in how we're providing our services or how we're working with our team, but how we're performing and in our financials and the last point of a successful business is it has an emotional connection. Hmm. So sustainable, predictable, stable, consistent, and has an emotional connection. That's a great business. And most people start off in business that it's all about the money. And they're missing a lot of those things. You have to create a business that should outlast you. That's a sustainable business that, you know, everyone that's in a business today, I don't care what type of business or what the name of it is, you should be working towards that we're building this business that it's going to outlast every one of us. Now it's a sustainable sure. business.
1: That's a good point. I mean, if, you, if you're the single point of failure as the CEO, all the methods and procedures exist out of your head. You didn't document anything. You didn't train anybody on, your, on the processes. And you step out, maybe you're stuck in a hospital bed or whatever it may be, like, how do you expect your business to sustainably get by? You know, how the, the people that maybe you do have people on your team, how do they put food in their own mouths? How do they pay their bills, right? The people that you're responsible for. Because I think that's a big part of the executive mindset is that if you so choose to build a company that has employees or even contractors for that man, you know, you have people that you're responsible for. Are you taking that seriously?
0: Absolutely, you know, I, I I have an employee, a fairly or it's not not employee, a a fairly new client, mm-hmm. and they're about two hundred million in revenue, so a, a great size company. They're they're growing fast. They're doing wonderful, and one of the reasons why this client hired me, he said, I've got to change this business because today, it's so much on my shoulders. I need to learn how to develop my team and get it off of my shoulders. And so we've actually been been changing the internal ways of working. So it's not based on the owner or the CEO. It's based on how we do things as an organization. And he is in the midst of putting together a succession plan if something did happen to him, because it can't be based on him. It it, it should be based on the disciplines of the business. And most businesses are run off the disciplines of people. Uh, That's true. In, in, in our book, Pulling Profits Out of a Hat, we talk about creating disciplines as an organization. And when you build discipline as an organization, you can break through a lot of barriers in the business world. And you can be massively successful because then it's about building a disciplined organization. And it's not about a person.
1: Speaking of that book, there's a little screen sharing for the video feed, Pulling Profits Out of a Hat. Adding zeros to your company isn't magic, so why is it not magic? I mean, besides what you just said, but what what are some of the key things that I, I basically everything we heard here today is this all built into the book
0: everything that that we've been talking about is is somewhere in the book, and it isn't magic, it takes work you know it, it's interesting i I've had a magician as a client in in my past <laughs> I, I've, and the the amount of time that he practices. And then he goes out and performs in 30 minutes. He would practice for years and years and hours and hours to get the movements right and to get the, 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 the equipment to flow in the right way. And it, so it can look perfect to that audience. And that's what it takes in business. It may look like it's magic, but it took a lot of hard work. And you got to know where to focus the hard work. And it's, it's focusing in the right areas of discipline for an organization.
1: So what do you say to the, there's some people out there and I've, you know, I've heard them on podcasts and stuff like that and maybe audio books, but I'm intrigued you know, because some people say, because don't get me wrong, I'm all about the hard work. I love working hard. Uh, but some people say, well, you know, it shouldn't be hard, right? It should flow correctly. So I'm always intrigued by that statement because I feel like there is a balance there. You have to be able to put in the sweat equity because that's how you get things moving, right? It's like, (laughs) you can't put the cart before the horse, so to speak. How do you, how do you differentiate that for people? Because I think some people hearing that like, wait a minute, you know, I'm hearing from one business coach that, you know, it should feel natural, flow natural. It shouldn't feel like hard work. But then you got another person say, well, I'm sorry whether you like it or not, like starting any business, there's always gonna be hard work. I mean, well, how, how would you like to sum that up?
0: Hard work is making tough decisions. Hard work is defining how we will do certain things in the business, how we will handle customer issues. Uh, the hard work is defining. Here's our sales process. Here's how we're going to build trust and rapport. The hard work is here's how we're going to manage our financials. Hard work is here's who we're going to hire and who we're not going to hire and who's who we're going to fire. That's the hard work. Uh, the hard work is focusing on keeping those decisions that you make. Because we may make a decision that this is the core customer I'm going after, but then we say, well, I need the money, so I'll take anybody right now, and we lose our focus. Hmm. And so the hard work is to keep and make the right decisions. So yeah, we need sweat equity. We got to go out and put in the time and effort, but it's, it's about making decisions and then keeping the discipline around those decisions that you made.
1: Well, I love you tying it back to discipline. I'm going to screen share again here because uh, on your site, you know, again, you got the five disciplines of adding zeros here. So how long ago did you differentiate this and clarify it down to these simple five disciplines here? We got strategy, business development, people, execution, and mission.
0: You know, it's probably been six or eight years ago that that my co-author and I uh, started putting these concepts together and and started working with our clients on them, and and it may not have been totally in this this wording or this this magnitude. Uh, but then about two and a half years ago, he and I said, let's let's put all this together and write a book about it. And that's that's where we got to. But it and and through that process, we just brought more clarity to it. You know, we you have to have discipline in a business, and where are those points of discipline? It's about Strategy, how are we going to win? Business development, how are we going to create predictability? People, how are we going to create stability in our business? How are we going to develop our team? Execution, how are we going to be consistent in our processes, in our financial controls, in our management of the business? And, and the mission discipline, it, it's our core values. It's, it's our purpose. Why are we in business? And, and I really believe this. A big part of mission and a mission discipline is not about a mission statement. It's about our actions. And we have to give back to the communities that we're part of. That's a part of the mission discipline. That's a part of the emotional connection, the the values, the purpose. And how are we giving back? Because if we're not helping our communities continue to grow by adding employees, by paying taxes, by helping helping the, the communities get better, we won't have communities in the future.
1: You know, I love what you're hitting on right now because I was going to dig into that community component. And uh, there's been a, have uh, you ever hear of this, there's a, that's probably it's a four or five years old yet. Uh, have you ever heard of the, there's a big event out in the West uh, called Thrive Make Money Matter.
0: Okay. I have not.
1: It's a very big entrepreneurial theme conference and it grows and grows and grows because uh, the founder and, uh, is, and his wife just have a crazy backstory. And now they, they've brought in just world-class entrepreneurs. I mean, people like you know, people like Tony Robbins and the likes of those guys, amazing world-class authors and every year, and they're, they're going to be doing it again at the end of May in Vegas. Uh, But the biggest thing is the first time I went to that event, I went, you know, for about three years now and the whole point here is the name, right? Thrive. They're teaching you that to thrive and make, you need to make your money matter. So it's really educating anybody. It's not just business. It's really in life that what are you doing with the money? Right? right? A lot of people are afraid to set aside maybe a percentage of their growth to give back. And so the biggest takeaway when I started going to those events was, are you a for purpose business? And if you're not, why not? Because you can make millions of dollars a year, but what, what are you aligning yourself with? And the biggest takeaway I got was some of the most successful people there. And last year, there was a billionaire who spoke there. And he said, Listen, if you align yourself with a purpose, that's going to align your five disciplines, by the way, that we just went through. Uh, you want something that's going to fuel the fire behind like your team or your employees? Well, there you go. Now, you know what they're working towards. It's not just the zeros. It's 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 the community. It's the giving back component. So they say, listen, if you're afraid to set aside money, think about it. Well, now people can start thinking, wait a minute. As we grow the company this percentage, if you're aligned with a with a hard-coded for-purpose percentage, well, that, that grows with it. So if, I'm, if I increase my profits by 10%, for example, and I've hard-coded maybe 2% of all income to go into for-purpose activities, I've just grown that with my success. Absolutely. So it's very educational, and it's really changed, changed a big focus for me personally. I was just intrigued. I wanted to bring that up for you.
0: Well, you know, I, I, again, I, when I say a successful business has an emotional connection, that is around the discipline of mission hmm. because every employee... I don't care what age you are. Every employee wants to be passionate about what they do every day. We work more than we do anything else. We're always working. And, you know, you got long days, uh, but why are you doing what you're doing? When you have a tough day, what gets you out of that? Your purpose. Your, your purpose should get you out of that. I'm here to do this. The, I want to share this. The purpose of adding zeros, our purpose statement, mm-hmm. is profitable corporate citizenship. Oh, So what what we mean by that is, one, first of all, we do want to make every one of our clients more profitable, because when we make our clients more profitable, they're more successful. It's going to be sustainable. It's going to be predictable. But we also have to be great citizens. And what we mean by that is you're you're satisfying the constituents, your constituent of your customer, your team, your stakeholders, your community, Mm -hmm. and the overall company has to be satisfied. So you do have to have that clear passion because we're all going to have tough days. We're no, all expensive. going to have, it's inevitable. <laughs> You're going to have hard times, but what's your purpose that's going to keep you guided and energized going that future? And that's, that's where leadership, again, is needed. Mm-hmm. Leaders have to paint that picture of this is why we do what we do, and this is where we're headed. And when we're successful, this is what the world looks like.
1: I, I love it because when when you were saying the word community, to me that I thought back is is like, okay, there's, I love seeing small, like people, let's be real, listening to this right now. And I'm sure Monty's going to back me up, but Monty, you can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Multi-million billion dollar corporations do not run communities. They don't run society. They don't run your town, your city, or anything else. It's the small businesses. It's the entrepreneurial businesses. So this, this community component, Yes is even more powerful when a multi-million billion dollar company can also infuse cash flow into that through employment or through giving back or whatever but there is way more small to mid-sized businesses out there too that are actually really even more instantaneously impacting this what are your thoughts around that
0: well that that's exactly right because uh, small businesses that's where the more we give back the more those businesses can grow you know, we're, we're, we're volunteering. We're a part of the community. We're part of city council. We're part of Rotary. We're part of other organizations, whatever it might be. That's the future organizations. And no matter how big or how small we need, that's a part of the emotional connection. What is it that our organization gets involved with and supports in the community? And if your business doesn't support your community, you you really got to ask, is this the right organization for you?
1: Do you find that the bigger the organization, the harder it is to get this point educated across to, or do you feel that it's started kind of flipped now, and that because there's more revenue, it's easier for them to digest setting aside a nonprofit fund or whatever? I'm intrigued.
0: You know, a lot of a lot of organizations, large organizations, do donate a lot of money to causes and and uh, cities and different things like that to keep them going that's where a lot of the funding can come from and does come from but a lot of the the volunteering and the giving back needs to be done by boots on the ground
1: oh yeah and,
0: and so you 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 need both you need money and the people and that's satisfying again different disciplines different constituents and that's where we need everybody to engage and You know, I, I, part of what I teach my clients is the mindset of abundance versus scarcity. Scarcity says there's never enough. Abundance says there will always be enough. Hmm. And we have to have an abundant mindset to, to say, Hey, there's more than enough time. There's more than enough money. There's more than enough customers if we're all doing the right things. So how are we being abundant with our time, with our money, with our actions?
1: I love that. And actually now you're saying that I'm taking a note because there's a friend of mine who runs an abundant or abundance uh, uh, podcast and community. And uh, at the end of the show, if you're interested, I'll, I'm going to see if I can try and get you guys connected because Absolutely. it's, I love what you're hitting on because I, I made a joke a while ago and it just keeps coming up. I, I said, you know, I created the tagline. We fuel your healthier business and lifestyle because I want to get back right and help people teach balance. And even though this has been a heavy business talkie podcast, it's there's so much tied back to mindset, like how you show up every single day at work, how you inspire your team, how you lead your team as we talked about earlier in the show. But now we're talking about at the much bigger level, the company level. How are you leading your community? Are you serving it or are you ignoring it? And I think at whether you're a billion dollar organization, a trillion dollar organization, or hey, I'm just a small business that makes 50, 50 to 80 grand you know, a year, we all can make an impact. It doesn't always have to be dollars. Right. And I, th- I think the biggest thing that I got from you again is, boom, we're hitting on the mindset component again. What is that abundance mindset?
0: You know, it, it, it is all about abundance. And so it, it's not about the business. It's about the people inside it. And and it's how we approach things. You know, every business out there can create greater discipline. Every business out there can create impact. Every business out there has great influence, and that's that's the challenge of today. We need both leadership and management to get that abundance mentality.
1: So, with your coaching and services, as such, because obviously, and I was doing some screen sharing off of off of the Zero site, uh, but obviously, you also have your your own name, your own brand, right? So what is the purpose between the two sites now? Is that something that you're also working with from a coaching uh, component as well? Cause I know you have business growth DVDs and things of that nature through, you know, on your personal site.
0: Absolutely. So I've got, I've got clients of my own executive uh, and business growth clients of my own, but then I also run the business adding zeros and adding zeros. uh, As you mentioned, is an executive development firm. We have facilitators around the world that are helping organizations create these five disciplines in their businesses. And so those facilitators uh, have been trained by me uh, to implement how do we create these activities and this mindset in their organizations. So the the only difference is I I do have my set of clients that I I enjoy working with and love working with, but I also wanted to to expand that and have that, that view of abundance where I want every corner of the earth to have the opportunity to understand abundance in these disciplines. And that's that's why I'm certifying and, and licensing facilitators to take these, these five disciplines around the world.
1: Well, and I love that because we just, we just went again, another like one of these, I love getting full circles in a show because you have your personal brand, you have your personal client base, but through ad zeros, it's like, wait a minute guys, like, I'm, if I want to impact or leave behind a bigger legacy, this is what I'm personally getting out of you right now is, okay, well, I can only do so much as one man. So, you know, what is the strategy, right? What What is the people I'm going to put behind that? How are we going to execute to make a bigger impact? Well, you got to replicate yourself.
0: Absolutely. And yeah. and that's, that's what adding zeros is doing. And, and our, our, our excitement is, is the, 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 the level of experience and, the level of knowledge that our facilitators have, that they are best in class facilitators and executive coaches. And and that's the powerful thing to learn from these folks.
1: So how long have you been building the the certification team, right? The people that have actually been, you know, approved by you, for example.
0: So we just launched the book about a month ago. And so everything's been based on, on the book, pulling profits out of a hat. So uh, over the last uh, two and a half years, we've been building the book and here the last six months is is when we've been uh, training the facilitators, getting all the materials ready. And uh, we just launched our first training class and and had uh, the first first set of people through it. So it's, it's pretty exciting. Uh, but the, the book is having some amazing success and just, just, you know, I'm, I'm humbled to see the impact that we've been having. Uh, we've made a couple bestseller lists and, and just, yeah, you were, you were saying before the show, wall street journal, right? Wall street journal. We made the number two hardback business book last week. Okay. And, uh, so that, that's, that, that's
1: a lot of sales. Uh, and Clearly, I need to publish a book in hardback. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, it, it's, it's fun. We, we've, uh, we've, we've invested a lot of time and, and money and resource into marketing uh, the book as well. We're in airports. We're in the bookstores. Uh, we're, we're out and about everywhere. And, and because we want to make the impact in the world, uh, just as you said, it's, it's bigger than us. And so how can we duplicate that? Through our book, through our facilitators, through our concepts. And that's, that's where we're headed.
1: Well, so if people are hearing this right now, right? So we've got, like I said, we got millennials, we got the, the gen Xers and, and I fuck I, my demographics. I'm sure I got a few others that are not even in that category. So who cares? Uh, the, the thing I think I want to get out of this is that what is your target audience with this book? You're getting some powerful impact already. It's clearly triggered an amazing training program to start expanding its influence. Right. But when you guys sat down and wrote that, and you kind of hinted at it a couple times, you you made it pretty clear. But I mean, if you had to pick your perfect, perfect person to get the biggest bang for the buck out of the book, what what are some of the what are some of the individuals that, if they're hearing this, like you know what? Yeah, I should probably get that book.
0: So uh, I, I'm going to approach this in a couple ways. And, and a gentleman reinforced this the other day. Um, we want every employee to read this book. Oh, Everybody yeah. that works for somebody. Even if they're the owner of the business, if they're a CEO, everybody can benefit from this book because they see the concepts and they can see how they can take action. That's what I mean. Every person in a business can and should be a leader and every person should be reading this book so they can see how they can impact an organization. More specifically, our core customer for adding zeros and our facilitators are CEOs and their executive teams. Okay because we want to make these impacts into the organizations. We want every person on the team to read these concepts so they can see how they can influence and and have the leadership concepts. But if a CEO and their executive team aren't bought into creating greater discipline in their business, it's not going to happen. And so uh, every employee can be raising that we need this, we need this plan, we need process, we need to hire better, we need to do this, we need to have better marketing but if the executive team and the CEO aren't bought in, it isn't going to happen. So I want everybody to read it, but our core customer is a CEO who wants their business to be more engaged, more, in, more aligned and to have a clear future of passion and emotional connection.
1: Well, i am intrigued though, because if you found a company already on the cusp, I think your idea of getting the employees on board, if, if there are a company that's already on the cusp, I have a feeling that that employee might be able to pass that book up the line and absolutely. the leadership would be open to even considering it and bringing it into their next meeting instead of having a top-down approach from the CEO. It sounds like it's going to work either way, but then it still falls back to the organization that's, that's getting influenced right now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I had a, a gentleman the other day, he was, he was reading, starting to read the book and he said, you know, everybody in my department should read this book. I said, absolutely. Everyone in the organization, because, we need to help our team see how they can influence everyone else in their organization. Hmm. And that's the above the point process that we talked about taking ownership, accountability, and responsibility. That's going to create great businesses.
1: I love it because I'm, I'm literally thinking of people from years ago that I had influence over and, or with, I should say not over. And there was people that I always believed you know, that they, if I could just get that through to them and help them understand that we're all in it together, because there's always those few people that are the blame game, right? It's just, there's zero accountability. It's everybody else's fault. It's the organization's fault. It's the company's fault. And I would always try and respond. I'm like, well, then what are you going to do about it? And they're like, what do you mean? You're you're the boss. You need to, you know, go complain to your boss. And I'm like, well, that's not gonna solve anything. You can't do it with just complaining all the time. Right. We all have to and some changes are so big that you can't expect it to happen tomorrow. You gotta to find some common ground here. And we all have to again go back to my point earlier, that quote like or the mission statement is like, let's let's all be accountable together. Let's work together on this. And I don't know. I mean, I, some people, you know, take them longer to get through too. <laughs>
0: and that, that ties back to that purpose statement. Why, why are we in business? Yeah. And if we're all excited about that, and if for some reason you, you, you aren't passionate about that purpose, then that doesn't make you a bad person. That just means this isn't the right place
1: for you. And I, unfortunately, I tell people all the time when I was in management, that was probably, the, I'm glad you hit on that towards the end of the episode here, because that is for people out there hearing this and they may not like their bosses or boss. That's the biggest thing that I I could not stand about being in a managerial or a leadership role was you hate the day when you have to let somebody go. That's never easy. I don't care what people think. It's because you know you're impacting somebody's livelihood when they leave. But in the end, uh, a great coach of mine said, Scott, why would you want to keep somebody in a position that they don't like in an organization that they're not connecting with, they're not getting any common ground, you're basically holding them in a place of no progression. And if you can release them, hopefully they can find where they want to be and the job they want to go to. And I never thought about it that way until that discussion.
0: You know, uh, a a big piece of the mission discipline is core values. Mm -hmm. And we have to make sure that every person on our team is the right fit. And the right fit means that we have the same values and we have to define what those values are. So we interact appropriately, we think appropriately, and again, doesn't make them a bad person. If they're no longer with us, it just means that we're not the right fit and that's okay. And most every time that I've experienced this, uh, they do find something better. That's a, a greater fit than where they were.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I actually, I did have one. I remember the, just the, I had a, a young lady that worked for me and she struggled years ago and she, she was a young mother, wasn't really good at balancing the parenting and the career, but she wanted the career because our benefits were great and yada, yada, yada. I gave her more chances than probably most people. And finally, I'm like, the the job's just not getting done. And I, you got to find something that's going to work with your personal life schedule goals. I I don't know what to tell you. It's a call, It was a call center gig. Like, Your job is to be here answering phones and helping people. Like, if you're not here to help people, why are we paying you? (laughs) But I will say, probably about five years later, she reached back to me, or we ran into each other somewhere, and she said, you know, Sky, I always knew that you cared about us. And she said, not not perfectly word for word, but she's like, thank you uh, for doing everything you tried to do. You, I never forgot you for that. But she's like, in the end, she's the guy years later, I can now say she's like, I sucked. I was not a good. Employee. <laughs> and I was like, well, thank you. I was like, I wasn't expecting you to tell me that. She's like, no, but she's like, you needed to let me go. She's like, I, I needed a wake up call. I was not putting as much in as I could have to, to figure out uh, a better balancing act, I guess. And I was like, I,
0: hey, I, I, I want to share this. And, and uh, there, there is a lot of talk about balance Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll give my viewpoint. I don't think there will ever be balance. There, we all go through seasons. Mm-hmm. And, and that person was living through a season that the job that she had wasn't right for her at that point. And so we have to understand what season are we in and what does our work life world look like? Because there, there's times where we do put more effort into work. There's times where we do put more effort into our personal life. There's times where we put more effort in different places and you got to understand what season am I in? And is that okay? Hmm. Uh, Because the the seasons that we go through in life is how we grow and how we learn. And there, there, there is no balance. It's, it's only seasons.
1: Wow. Well, I love what you just dropped on us because normally we're at the end of the episode (laughs) and I asked my guest co host to leave behind, you know, a powerful final words.
0: <laughs> and I just did it, huh?
1: You just, you just dropped, I mean, I'm wearing a shirt that says mic dropper from a podcasting conference. I think you just dropped the mic proverbially there because it's like, I mean, I just wrote it down too. balance and seasons and, and being, and, and that awareness. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better way to kind of leave behind some final words unless you want to add something to that. But I think you just knocked it out of the ballpark.
0: You know, the, 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 the last point I'll share on that is it's the awareness. Many of us, recognize that we have different times in our lives, but we don't, I I shouldn't say many of us have the different times, but we don't recognize it. We aren't aware of it. And the awareness has to be, how does it impact our family? How does it impact our coworkers? How do we, how, how are we going through this season? And when you live your life with other people, which we all do every single day, you've got to communicate how you're going through your season. And you've got to understand how they're going through their season. And what's the discipline that the business needs to go through this season so it, it as you said it's it's come full circle
1: man I loved it all right I, I get you're in my notes I got balance I got seasons and I got awareness It's like a trifecta I love it <laughs> well listen Monty hang tight I want to give your proper goodbye off the air ladies and gentlemen I mean yes it was a heavy business theme but let's 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 let's, let's get real I, I'm pulling out amazing lifestyle tips a lifestyle balance uh, personally and professionally uh, he uh, you clearly got that today he he reinforced the importance of personal and professional growth and he actually helped us understand that this book and I'm going to do one last screen share here for him as well is it's not just for the CEOs he just told you guys that it's for the employees too we're all in this together okay so check out pulling profits out of a hat all right Go to, uh, go to the site. I'll have everything linked in the blog, show notes like we always do. Don't worry. You'll be able to just go right to livethefuel.com and click, and everything's going to be all happy. So don't worry about memorizing things if you don't want to, or just pause right now and write it down. So, again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. Again, we're here to fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. Monty definitely helped us with that today. Check out the book. And remember, you too can live the fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon.
0: Thank you for subscribing to Live
1: the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can Live the Fuel. So please visit us at LiveTheFuel.com.